Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. And today we're going to share some good news. You have prospects for one or more healthy new streams of income on your own. It's part of what is commonly referred to as the independent gig economy, most of it online. And let's begin with the current unfortunate circumstances, all too common during the coronavirus pandemic. Let's assume for a moment that you are 45 or older and you need more income, or worse yet, you have lost your job when your employer closed up or uh, maybe closed down for good. What will you do? Well, some folks might spend all night registering for online job boards. Others might visit their local state employment office as soon as possible. And I'm not discouraging you from doing this, especially given the current uh, generous federal coronavirus uh, $600 a week guarantee. Still others will get caught up in the multi-level marketing networking uh, whirlwind where it seems like every other participant is getting rich, but you spend scarce money on startup and recruiting costs and earn a little of any money back. I've been there and done that. (laughs) And my guest today, Angela Heath, the gig income guru, urges you to learn to do the hustle and make money on your own. And Angela tells us that making money on your own is far easier than you think. And she's here to suggest how. And before I introduce her, here's a bit about Angela Heath's remarkable background. Uh, Angela is an award-winning entrepreneur and president of TKC Incorporated. She's also an award-winning speaker, trainer, and author who prepares individuals and business leaders and corporations to understand how the seismic shift in the world of work The gig economy will impact staffing, innovation, and business leadership. And Angela has reinvented herself after 20 years of running a successful consulting practice. She nearly lost it all when she closed her doors to join her son's battle with leukemia. But then Angela's inner hustle kicked in, and she dived into the gig economy and as a result is building yet another company from the ground up. And she's author of three books, including her latest, Do the Hustle Without the Hassle, a quick, simple, affordable way to make money online at 45 plus. I love that title. And she's also a host of the weekly 45 plus hustle broadcast every Thursday at 7 p.m. And hello, Angela Heath, we are indeed honored to welcome a talented individual like you. Roy, I need to hire you. That was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. And it is my privilege to join you. My privilege. 
Well, you are widely known as the e-income guru, and let's begin with the basics. What is your definition of America's gig economy and earning gig income? I think most people know what that means, but (laughs) some may not. Well, you know, they may not, Roy, because the media has really done a job on this concept. But this term of gigging goes back to um, like the 50s or something when musicians would go and get a gig. They'd go and play a concert. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, or they'd go on tour. It's back to that. And basically all it is is contract work. Where you get a contract, it may be for a particular product, it may be for a project, um, or it may be time-limited, hourly-limited, but it's a contract. It's not a job. If you're not going to get a W-2, you're a contractor. That's all it is. Well, your latest book is titled Do the Hustle Without the Hassle. What do you mean by the term happy hustler? What does it mean? How does one do the hustle? Well, you know, if you remember that song from, you know, way back when, Do the Hustle, it was a happy song. And so I wanted to play off that because this book is really geared toward people 45, and most of us remember that song. You know, there is a way to earn income without all of the hassle. When I started my first company, Roy, there was so much hassle. I had to learn so much. I had to deal with all of these government agencies. Um, And then when the um, digital age started and social media, I had to learn all of that stuff. It was just such a hassle. It was like, when am I ever going to get a chance to do the thing that I was created to do, the thing I'm passionate to do? So I'm doing all this administrative stuff. It was just choking the life out of me. Yeah, that's pretty scary, isn't it? Well, the title of your book's chapter 10 is A Big Change is in the Air, the Rapid Transition of the Gig Economy. What is this big change that is occurring, and how do you anticipate the gig economy will be different in five years from how it is now? Do you believe this change will be uh, positive or negative for us 45-plus hustlers? Well, I think it's going to be both. It will be positive for those of us who embrace the change and the times, and it will be negative for those who are resisting. So this is this is my prediction. This is my crystal ball gazing. So in 2008, when the real estate market crashed, one of the hardest hit generations was baby boomers because we were still in the workforce. A lot of baby boomers lost their jobs. In fact, um, it was averaging somewhere between, you know, depending on when you looked at the stats, six months to 14 months to find another job. Yeah, I remember those stats. Right, and and think about it. As if you're an employer, it's uh, less, um, it's more cost effective to hire a couple young people who bring that kind of digital understanding with them yeah, than to have this moment. <laughs> right, right, right. So with coronavirus, what I am um, believing is going to happen, and I'm a little fearful for some people, is the same thing. When we get back to whatever the new normal looks like, that there are going to be a number of mature individuals who will lose their positions. And so if they don't embrace where everything is going, they will be left behind. 
if they do embrace it, they can bring all of those gifts and talents and skills to the marketplace in a new way. Well, that's great. On the other hand, your Chapter 2 is titled Back to the Future. Your ability to earn is rooted in the past. How is this so? We didn't have the Internet or online commerce back in 1895. (laughs) Exactly. But guess what? We did have a revolution back then. We went from, you know, everybody was a gig worker, so to speak. You know, if you were a farmer, if you were um, taking care of horses, if you were building stagecoach, whatever you were doing, you had your own gig. You know, people would come to you and purchase from you. And then when the factories came in, we all ran to the factories thinking this is a better way to live, right? And lo and behold, we forgot all of those gifts and talents and skills that were buried in us, and we learned how to turn nuts and bolts. Yeah, and when we were farmers, we'd sell some of our produce off. That would be our gig or whatever. Or if you're a craft person, you you set up your own little shop and and, uh, build things for others. But uh, your website contains this summary promise. If you are 45 or older, you definitely have value to offer in the marketplace. I like the sound of that, but what if I've spent my entire adult life, the past 25 years or more, working for a single employer and uh, perhaps uh, performing a routine lower-level position unique to my employer, one that I don't admire or enjoy, simply because I'm now over 45, what possible value do I have to offer to the marketplace? You know, I say, Roy, that if you have been doing anything for a period of time, you should be an expert. You really should be. So no matter how minor you may think it is, there is someone that needs that skill and talent. Also going forward from coronavirus, think about it. Many of the smaller companies are going to be struggling, so they will be resistant to hiring full-time employees. They're going to be looking for people who can help them with, you know, some of their administrative work and man their call center and, you know, do these kinds of things. They're looking for or project managers and graphic design people. So you may not even be using what you've done for 20 years. Say you're an artist or you're a musician. You would be surprised at how many people are hiring their own musicians now. Think about it. Podcasts and YouTubes, they all hire people to create music for them. How about some tools to help our listeners uncover their very own unique skills and talents? Where do you start in this search? You know, on my website, www.tkcincorporated.com, um, soon as you enter on the homepage, you will, a pop-up will come up, and it will tell you there's a gig assessment that's yours for free. Oh, oh great. Basically, all that does is help you think of yourself in a 360 capacity. So I take you back to think about the gifts, the talents, the skills, the things that are in you that perhaps somebody told you you could never make money with, and now maybe you can. I can't guarantee it because we have to look at the marketplace to make sure that that's viable. Take a look at all of that, and then I have an exercise that you go through where you take each one of those, um, I call them, you know, unique abilities, and you take each one of those and you 
examine what can you offer, where can you offer it, which might be a different industry than the one you're familiar with. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a great tool to have. That website, again, is uh, pkcincorporated.com? Yes. Okay, no, I suggest you go there and take that test because it sounds like a great one. Well, on your uh, Amazon book promotion, you mentioned that you uh, your book covers four, for, uh, four promised options for making money doing what you already know and love. Can you run down those four options because they sound fascinating? Well, think about it. Whatever you've already been doing, you can do the same thing. Yeah. You can just offer it to different employers, whether that's through a gig or, you know, you just get another job um, or some part-time work. You would be surprised at the number of people who actually get laid off and go back to work for the same employer working a different way. Yeah, maybe enjoying it more. Right, (laughs) right, right. Less pressure, (laughs) less pressure. And then think about your hobbies. What are some hobbies that you have that you can monetize? Roy, you would be shocked at some of the people who are literally becoming, you know, six-figure empires, you know, one person because they've got this hobby that people want to know about. Um, So you can monetize your hobbies. You can take your skill set to another industry. I remember years ago, do you remember when the um, pharmaceutical reps would go into the doctor's offices, buy lunch, and tell them, <laughs> you know, promote my stuff? I took that same uh, process, and I moved it over to another industry that had never used that to market to physicians. They thought I was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but it, was the, it wasn't mine. It was just me taking it to another industry. And then one of the areas that I promote the most is that you look online to see what's available to you. Yeah. Well, your book focuses on making money online. Going online sounds expensive. Can someone make money without a a domain name, their own website, a detailed business plan, and a qualified tech person, maybe your own son or daughter? (laughs) They seem to be more high-tech than we are. At your side, is it possible to do that without uh, spending a ton to get online? You know, Roy, there is a hidden marketplace that's available to us. It's the online gig marketplace. And I love it because in most instances, you don't spend a dime until you start to earn income. That sounds pleasing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk a bit about uh, your own fascinating personal history. For 20 years, you were blessed with a highly successful consultancy, national award, six-figure income, but you had to shut your business down because of your son's health crisis. And fortunately, I guess he's beyond that. Uh, What did this health crisis shutdown teach you was the one major flaw in your prior business model? You know what it was? I had built my entire business around me. I was the salesperson. I was the business development person. Um, I was the project lead on every contract that we got. And so when my son was in the hospital, and we pretty much were in the hospital most of the time, uh, or at home, 
being a home care assistant uh, or a nurse, but I couldn't show my face. I wasn't able to get contracts. No, because you were relying totally on your own ability and not someone else's. Right, right. And I, I, you know, and I, I, I thought I was really brilliant to do it that way because my thought was after I had my son, I did not want to give every ounce of you know, who I am, a way to build a business. I decided I don't want to build this huge consulting company. So I worked through subcontractors. Oh, I see. And so that's why I was the person who was bringing the business in, and then I would hire the teams to help me manage the projects. But it was all you that was generating the business. I was generating the business. Well, on your weekly broadcast, you uh, interview successful entrepreneurs who are succeeding in the gig economy. Can you perhaps give our listeners oh, two or three examples of gig income opportunities that are earning their sponsors a regular and significant income flow? I know you've got a number of those you could cite that you talked about. Yeah, you know, um, I tell you, out of uh, some of the people that I've um, talked to recently, um, there was a, a woman who had a, a couple children later in life, and they have special needs. Yeah. And so she had to, as a single parent, she had to figure out how to earn some income quickly. And she started out just selling some things on eBay. Uh, and Etsy, and now she actually um, owns the Ecom Academy, oh. where she is teaching other people. She's become so proficient at earning income by selling online that now she teaches other people to do that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Well, I know I, I listened to your program a couple of weeks back, and you had a gentleman who was successful at promoting uh, golf events for charities and other things like that. And, of course, that's pretty much shut down by coronavirus. But he also developed a uh, a shopping income stream. I don't know exactly how it works, but that uh, is a perfect example of why you may need more than one stream of income, especially in times like this. Yeah, we we need to maximize as many possibilities as we can. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, you're talking about these things where you get, you know, small pots of money. I I was a contractor my whole life, and most of the time I did. I worked with national nonprofit organizations or, you know, um, businesses, so my contracts were pretty large. But I had a year. Roy, where I had all of these little contracts, and I was like complaining, complaining, why can't I get a decent contract? I don't understand that. Do you know that year with like 15, 16 little contracts, I made the most money that I ever made up to that point? So every stream of income flows in and creates a reservoir for us to use. Well, besides folks currently out of work, uh, can other folks over age 45 also benefit from your book and your broadcast and your coaching? And who are they? I know you lay that out pretty clearly, (laughs) that if you're stressed at work, underpaid and underappreciated, you may want to do this. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't work exclusively for people who are unemployed. That's that's one group of 
uh, customers that I have an affinity toward because I understand as a gerontologist the road that's ahead of them and yeah. the consequences of not moving forward. But no, I mean, my, my ideal client actually is someone who's ready to leave corporate America. They are committed, you know, they've planned um, in terms of their finances. They understand they have to make some investment. You don't have to make a lot depending on what you intend to do, but they do understand that they have to make some investment, and they're willing to put the work in. Oftentimes what I find, Roy, is that um, a number of people, especially people who've been unemployed, they are afraid to make an investment in themselves. Yeah, that's so true. And you have to. You have to. And this is the other thing. You've heard so many people tell you, oh, if you join my program or if I coach you, you're going to make a million dollars overnight. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. You know, 0.001% of the people actually do. Yeah, that's for sure. But you, uh, it's called business building. So when you build something, there's one step upon the next step, and there's a time factor. So you can't get frustrated because the first month you didn't make your million dollars. Well, <laughs> you I know this, put... this sounds like a good idea. I, I don't know if you agree, but... Uh... I would assume that a lot of your uh, clients or folks you talk to keep their current jobs at least for a while while they stick their uh, toe in the water and uh, work on a successful uh, generating a new source of income. Does that that work for a lot of people to to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's always wise if you have a foundation, that's that's the easiest way to build. Now it's it's hard because now you're holding down a full time job and you you have a side hustle, but that is a great way to do it. But one of the other groups that I work with a lot, Roy, is um, you know the smaller businesses who don't yeah. understand the gig economy, so they don't even realize that there are these um, workers out there who are contractual who can come in and do very specific tasks, so they can scale their business up when they need to, yeah, and then they can scale it down, and they don't get penalized for any kind of employment law because they've got a contract. Yeah, and they don't have uh, have to pay all these uh, health insurance and the other benefits, FICA and all the other things. That, uh, right, and they don't have to um, supply a place to work. Yeah. You know, there are companies now that are 100% virtual. People are all over the country, sometimes all over the world. And they do very well. All the time. <laughs> right, right. COVID. Well, let's talk a bit about your book. Your book targets readers over age 45. Can younger potential entrepreneurs, say age 36 through 44, also benefit? Or do you, you know, have to be 45? Roy, that that book is for everybody. Um, since I'm a gerontologist and I've supported the baby boomer generation my entire career. When I was in my 20s, I was supporting baby boomers with, you know, a lot of my customers had me design like national solutions for problems that baby boomers had. But the skill set, the the approach, the process is the same. It doesn't matter what age you are, but I just want mature workers to understand they have an option and that this is where the future is going. And so we need to understand it now or there's going to be a larger digital divide and it's not going to be based on income. It's going to be based on age. Yeah. 
Well, this year's book, Do the Hustle Without the Hassle, contains specific instructions and suggestions on how to identify and launch a gig income opportunity. Does it get into the nuts and bolts of generating a, a gig income stream? I think it's, it gets pretty specific, doesn't it, for somebody that wants to seriously yeah. consider it? Yeah, if you want to get into the online gig marketplace, that book is very clear. It outlines step-by-step best practices, and it gives you um, about 160 or so uh, gig um, websites that you can pursue, and they're all categorized so that if you're a writer, you can go directly to all of these sites that are looking for writers. And the thing that I love about the online gig marketplace, Roy, is that these people who are looking, who are listed, the companies, they want you to work for them right now. They're not telling you, oh, Six months from now, I'll hire you. They're saying, I want you to work right now. I have already funded this opportunity for you, so you know I have the money. And they're just looking for the right fit. Well, that's great. I've had gigs I applied for where they kept talking about they're going to get the money, and they never did. And I wasted months of my time, uh, you know, trying to help organize what they were going to do, and they, they never got it done, so. Well, where right. best should uh, our listeners go to preview and purchase your book? Well, it's uh, available on Amazon and also Barnes and Noble. Okay. But they can check out my website and and actually take a look at a, a few chapters for free if they like. Oh, that's great. Well, as we discussed earlier, you have a program forty five plus hustle every Thursday at seven p.m. Eastern. How can our listeners tune into that? That is on Facebook Live. So they just go to the Baby Boomer Make Money Facebook group. And on Thursdays at 7, um, either myself will be teaching or I will be interviewing um, other individuals who are doing all kinds of fascinating things with their gifts and talents and passions to inspire but also instruct how can other people follow the same course if they're interested? Yeah, you also, uh, you counsel not only individuals, but you coach and train business and not-for-profit uh, leaders, middle managers, and sales teams to reinvent and rebrand themselves for the emerging gig economy. What is the best way for potential clients to learn more and, and sign up for your services? Yeah, I mean, they can contact me through my website, um, or they can send an email to info at tkcincorporated.com. Yeah, that's pretty simple. Just remember that website address. Well, in conclusion, perhaps the best way to sum up Angela Heath's contributions to your success is from an endorsement on her website by Paul Burton, founder Our Voice, who states, Angela Heath has a keen ability to understand issues and make practical recommendations for business development, and I might add that includes independent one-person gig income opportunities. And not only is she a serious professional, she's a caring individual. And if there's one thing the current coronavirus pandemic has taught us, it's this. No matter how good we are at our career and no matter how much we admire our current job, 
our job, business, and income may go away seemingly in an instant thanks to that awful virus or whatever. And there is, is always wise to develop one or more backup streams of income. And the good news, Angela Heath uh, realizes that uh, reinvention is her sweet spot, and she's willing to share her skills with you as Angela counsels a quick, simple, and affordable way to develop these income streams is through the emerging gig economy, and I highly recommend you preview and purchase Angela's book, Do the Hustle Without the Hassle. Also, tune into her uh, weekly broadcast. And Angela, thanks. Best of success with your book, your counseling, and your radio broadcast. Well, thank you so much. And may I make one announcement that I forgot? I actually have a free course on Friday oh. uh, at 10 and at 7 p.m., so you can choose which one. And it's for people who are thinking about starting their own business. It's four things they really need to understand, and they can you know, give them some instruction on how they can move quickly. So How do they tune into that course? If they would just send an email to info at tkcincorporated.com, we can give them the information. Okay, sounds great. And thank you so much, Angela, for uh, the best of success with your book, your counseling, and your weekly broadcast. Thank you, Roy, for having me. Well, Angela Heath, the gig income guru, she makes a lot of sense, doesn't she? Uh, but before we move on, one clarification. When Angela promoted her online class this Friday, both she and I momentarily neglected that we pre-record our programs a week or two before they debut on the Internet. Therefore, Angela East's wonderful class actually already has taken place back on a Friday, June 26th, not on this coming Friday. Nevertheless, as Angela mentioned, I suggest you check out the classes tab on Amanda's website, tkcincorporated.com, because Angela Hall frequently produces free online classes, and I don't want you to miss out on the next one. And before we close today's program, I'd like to call your attention to an article by Yao Chatov Schoenbrunn and Elizabeth Corey in the June 27, 2020 Wall Street Journal. And the article has the title, Work-Life Conflict Can't Be Solved, and that's a good thing. Sounds crazy, but when you uh, read the article, the authors make some good points. Why it matters? Well, the life of a working parent, especially you ladies, has always been relentlessly demanding, but during the COVID-19 pandemic, the authors contend as has morphed into a rigged game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever played whack-a-mole, but they keep showing up in holes, and you never seem to beat them. And I'm speaking specifically about working from home while your kids are at home, too, and attending to your child's education or here in the summer maybe simply keeping them occupied means missing a virtual meeting and focusing on a work assignment means leaving children, even teenagers, to their own mischievous devices. And Lord help you, if you still have toddlers in the house, they'll interrupt your work probably once every 30 seconds if you can get by that long. 
and for years thought leaders have been offering remedies to solve the work-life balance dilemma. And the authors then raised the question, which is a good one, what if there is no solution? Is this all bad? And they contend that it's not. The failure of all our attempts to end work-family conflicts suggests we need to stop thinking of the problem. It is a problem to be solved and start understanding it in the ancient Greek context, a conflict between two competing goods. In our careers, we are independent beings honing our talents and earning financial rewards. And as parents and as members of a loving family, we prioritize our connection with those we love and seek to maximize their welfare. Both mothers and fathers experience this dilemma, but you women uh, tend to be more prone to guilt and self-doubt about your choices, don't you? Uh, But you mothers and you fathers, too, consider this. Neither of your two identities can be given up without a cost, and it's a painful one. You wouldn't really want to solve your desire to care for your children and raise them up to be uh, contented and productive adults or to lose your motivation to work. Instead of lamenting the difficulty of balancing these two endeavors, then we can try to appreciate the productivity that results from forces in opposition. In biology, systems in continuous tension underlie our body's optimal functioning. We sleep and wake, for instance, and we inhale and exhale. The structure of desire itself for food, drink, sex, or anything else requires both pain and pleasure, tension and release over and over again. And research has shown that this same is true when it comes to our psychology Having conflicting obligation and playing different roles is beneficial for physical and emotional health. It forces us to engage in activities that are good for us, such as physical activity, problem-solving, and social engagement. And people reporting a higher sense of purpose tend to have stronger immune systems, lower levels of stress, uh, stress hormonal cortisol, fewer cardiovascular risk factors, fewer sleep problems, lower risk for depression, and lower mortality rates among older adults. And, of course, every working parent sometimes feels guilt. It just goes with the program, doesn't it, and inadequacy about not uh, feeling fully successful in either career or parenting. You always regret the trade-off. And sometimes balancing the two requires agonizing decisions. Yet, according to the authors, the conflict between roles can be beneficial since it forces us to take turns detaching from each. That's a unique point, but I think a pretty good one. The ability to engage in role detachment restores energy and enthusiasm for the role we temporarily leave. Uh, Think about how uninspiring life would be if you spent your entire waking hours uh, either parenting or earning a living. No matter how overwhelmed we may seem, switching roles helps reduce the stress of daily life. Here's an example. When we end uh, 
a demanding work meeting and reconnect with our children, we have a powerful opportunity to relax both body and mind. Just make certain you don't carry over the pressures you have from work to disrupt quality time with your kids. Research shows that mothers who see pictures of infants or who hold and play with them experience a measurable reduction in stress response. And moms, if your kids are all grown and on their own, try looking at or hugging your grandkids. Conversely, going to work, even if it's work from home, can help us alleviate family stress. And our parental brains are wired to be concerned about our children, but excessive worry can be unhelpful, even damaging, both for parent and child. By focusing frequent attention on responsibilities outside home and family makes it easier to to leave our children to entertain themselves if you have to meet a work deadline. And so in conclusion, don't do this. When you or I as working parents think that one day we'll get the balance between work and family right and the conflict will disappear, we are simply setting ourselves up for an exhausting, unwinnable battle because it just never gets solved. The pandemic has made this clearer than ever. Instead of trying for ideal balance, which I guarantee you'll never find, I never did, and you will either accept the fact that there'll always be conflict and simply be patient. Being patient with yourself when you experience the difficulties of working parenthood uh, may be the most healing thing you can do. I I hope this advice helps. Please don't forget to preview and purchase my two books, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. Both are available along with other resources at my website, middleagerenewal.com. Check us out. And bye for now. We'll see you again next week at Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 